You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. You're listening to The Fan. Lanell Willigam here with you until 3.30 before we send things over. Tonight's on deck with Charlie and Dave. Stick around with me, though. Still got plenty to go here in the program. We're through the first hour of the show. Want to give another big shout-out to my man Chris Miller of NBC Sports Washington for tapping in with me at the end of the last hour. Uh, coming up next here, though, Craig Hoffman, host of the Take Command podcast, will join me at 2.30 to give me the latest on the burgundy and gold as we're just about a month away from the start of training camp. We'll also flip things over to the diamond at about 3.15. We'll talk to Matt Weyrick of NBC Sports Washington. He'll give us the latest on the Nats and what they could be looking to do at the trade deadline, just a little over a month away from that as well. Uh, but I want to wrap things up on the Wizards here real quick, put a bow uh, on the D.C. family. We've been talking about them pretty much the entire first hour. Uh, we recapped the pick of Johnny Davis Jr. And before we took the timeout, um, I hammered home, and really the whole first hour, I hammered home just how important of an offseason this is for Wizards general manager Tommy Shepard and really that entire front office. Um, we, we, recap, we recapped it with Chris Miller. They've gotten through the difficult part. Well, not even the difficult part. The first critical, crucial step to turning this thing around for the franchise. Obviously, Thursday night, they made their first-round pick. You take Johnny Davis Jr. out of Wisconsin. Obviously, there was multiple rumors and reports that Washington was looking to potentially move up in that draft. They didn't. They stay put at pick number 10, and you bring in a guy in Johnny Davis who is not a point guard. Um, he is your more traditional two-guard, uh, but I think he definitely has the skill set to create his own shot and set, set other guys up as well, but not your traditional point guard. So I now want to take this lens and look at it. What holes are still there? Uh, for the Washington Wizards. You guys can tap in with me on the MGM National Harbor Listing Lines, 1-800-636-1067. Tell me your biggest hole that the Washington Wizards still have left on the roster. You can get at me on Twitter as well, at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P. Uh, but before I went to the break, I told you there was one crucial thing left to do uh, on this to-do list for Wizards GM Tommy Shepard. And I might have misspoke there. It's not just one thing that they need to do, but there is something that hits a little different from a sense of urgency standpoint for Washington. And in my opinion, this franchise will not be able to move forward and get themselves out of the meteoric rut that they've been in for the last decade plus. And look, tread lightly 
when I say what I'm about to say. Um, my man Quentin Mayo uh, put out a report, I believe it was yesterday, and he uh, did dropped his podcast, and he was talking Wizards on there, and obviously peel back the curtain a little bit. Quentin very tapped in uh, with not just the Washington Wizards, but specifically Bradley Beal. And when Quentin was promoting his podcast, he put out a nice little graphic, Quentin Versatile, can do a lot of different things uh, on the internet, including talk on this mic. He said, quote, I wouldn't pencil in Bradley Beal's return to D.C. as a foregone conclusion. He's still very much undecided in weighing all his options. Now, it's tough for me because for, for a while with this Bradley Beal situation, I've played both sides of the fence. Because like Chris Miller said, I'm never going to get into a man's pockets. I understand, though, that the money is a big thing for Bradley Beal. And the Washington Wizards, by virtue of them drafting him, can give him the most money. Right? And for Bradley Beal, this is where my issue arises with him. Quentin Mayo... And I'm not trying to put a whole bunch of stock into the credibility of, of Quentin Mayo and his reporting. Obviously, he's broke some pretty big news around here before. But for Quentin Mayo to come out and say this during his podcast and then go along to promote his podcast by using this quote, I'll use the old adage, where there's smoke, there's fire. And... Yes, I understand legally from the rules of the NBA, Bradley Beal can't flat out come out and say, look, I'm re-signing in Washington because, you know, he opted out of his deal. He is now officially an unrestricted free agent. So it would be tampering if he came out and said, I'm going to sign with Washington. But my whole thing is, based on the way he played a season ago, who in the hell is Bradley Beal to put any pressure on the organization to put pieces around him and make these potentially franchise-altering moves. He averaged 23 points a game last year, son, and was one of the more inefficient players in the league. They asked you to do a lot more, and you didn't rise to the occasion, in my opinion. So I think if I'm Tommy Shepard, before July 1 kicks off, I need to know what the hell is up with Bradley Beal and whether or not he's going to be a part of this franchise long-term or not. Because Uncle Tommy is a lot smarter than a lot of you probably give him credit for out there. And I will always, every time I get on here and get a chance to speak to you guys, I will commend Tommy Shepard for just how aggressive he has been since taking over this job. You cannot accuse Tommy Shepard of not taking the big swing. You've seen him do it. The past 18 months for this franchise have been tumultuous, to say the least. He trades the franchise cornerstone in John Wall. You get back former MVP in Russell Westbrook. You deal him out. You get a nice package of veterans. Brad ends up getting hurt. You deal for Porzingis at the deadline. This is all Tommy Shepard continuing to spin on that hamster wheel, continuing to say, hey, look, what can I do to try to get this team out of the meteoric rut that they have been in for decades now. 
and Bradley Beal holding this franchise in limbo about whether or not he's going to re-sign here or not? Look, it's been 10 years going on year number 11. I've seen enough. To go out and commit $250 million to a man who, from the reports, isn't all the way sold on you and wants to see what else you do to this roster before he makes his mind up, the hell with Bradley Beal. Get him out of here. We're trying to build something special here in our nation's capital with this basketball team. I don't want anybody around who is not 100% committed and 100% on board. And, yes, I understand he can't come out and say that he is going to re-sign with Washington. I'm not asking him to do that. But whoever he's talking to off the record, leaking these reports out that he potentially might not stick around here for the long term, we can't have that. We cannot afford to be in limbo with a guy that's getting ready to ask for $250 million. I need some type of commitment from you, son. Because if Bradley Beal is not on this team, this roster is going to look a hell of a lot different come October when it's time to lace up those shoes and play basketball. And look, Bradley Beal is a fine player. Not once am I saying that Bradley Beal isn't an all-star. But to go out and commit $250 million to this guy, I think would be a mistake that may set this franchise back even further. Free yourself. Free yourself if you're the Washington Wizards. You have the opportunity after this season is over to get a lot of money off of your books. You're going to have the expiring $37 million contract of Chris Stapps Porzingis going into the offseason. Kyle Kuzma set to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year. You're going to have to make a decision on Rui Hachimura and whether or not you want to bring him back. And FYI, based on what we've seen from Rui Hachimura, the Black Samurai, I don't think he's going to get re-signed. But look, this is the perfect opportunity for you to retool this thing, which takes me back to the pick of Johnny Davis Jr. and why I love it so much. And like I said earlier, Tommy Shepard, a lot smarter than what you guys give him credit for because you know who would be the perfect Bradley Beal replacement? You know what would have been the biggest need in this draft if we didn't have Bradley Beal on the roster? Shooting guard. Outside of Bradley Beal, who else on the Wizards can go out and create their own shot and set other guys up because go get a bucket when you need it? I think Johnny Davis Jr. fits the bill perfectly. And we'll see as we continue to move forward and this thing continues to play itself out We'll see just how good Johnny Davis Jr. is. But I'll echo these sentiments again here. Brad, if you don't want in, let me know. Let me know. Let me know. I need to know before July 1 because this basketball team is going to look a hell of a lot different if number three isn't in our nation's capital anymore. We got to take a quick time out here. On the other side of this break, We'll flip things over to the gridiron here, specifically to our Washington commanders. And there's another young man who is red hot right in the middle of contract discussions with the commanders here in our nation's capital. I'm talking about wide receiver Terry McLaurin. On the other side of this break, 
I'll tell you what I think the commanders should do in that contract situation. Stick with me. Linnell Willingham here with you on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back. Linnell Willingham here with you on the fan. About another hour and change left to go here in the show. Had some fun uh, so far to this point. I'll hand things over to Charlie Slows and Dave Jagler at about 335. They'll get you warmed up for Nats and Rangers with Nats on deck. But before we went to the break, uh, we, we started to flip things over to the gridiron here. And I wanted to... Give my passionate plea to the Washington Commanders as to what they should do when it comes to their disgruntled star wide receiver, Terry McLaurin. And this has obviously been a situation that has been ongoing for the franchise. And look, you got to pay somebody, right? That's what everybody keeps saying is you got to pay somebody. But if that somebody doesn't necessarily want to be here, then how do you pay him? How do you pay him? Terry McLaurin well-documented a no-show so far for every on-field portion of the Washington Commanders off-season program. And apparently... According to multiple reports and everybody, you know, with an iPhone, (laughs) these two sides are pretty far apart on a long-term extension here as I sit and talk to you on June 25th, 2022. About four weeks away uh, from the opening of training camp here for the commanders. Terry McLaurin still not under contract. And I'll say this, time's ticking. 
Time time is ticking, and 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 for for the record, time is not on your side when it comes to getting a new deal done with Terry McLaurin. And I've hinted at this in the past. There is always going to be a sense of loyalty to guys you coach and guys who are integral members of your franchise and, and guys who put up big numbers and do things the right way, just like Terry McLaurin does. But I'll remind you this small, subtle detail. This current regime at the helm for the Washington Commanders did not draft Terry McLaurin. This current regime at the helm for the Washington Commanders were not responsible for Terry McLaurin becoming a member of the then Washington Redskins. Wasn't up, wasn't up to them. And to me, don't let this thing get ugly. If you're, if you're the Washington Commanders, do yourself a favor. Get out in front of this thing. Because if you're this far apart to where a guy is refusing to participate in the mandatory portion of your offseason program, that usually spells trouble. And the thing is, what's so beautiful about this contract negotiation, this is the second year in a row that we've had a significant member of this team, a guy who you consider to be a high-priority guy, enter contract negotiations, i.e. John Allen the summer of 2021. And look, John Allen's deal didn't get done till late July. But John Allen, the heart and soul of this defense, arguably, he did not skip out on the mandatory portion of of the commander's offseason program. And I'm going to do everything in my power to come at this with a fresh take and angle because from a fan's perspective, all we really care about is whether or not Terry's out there come week one against the Jacksonville Jaguars. In a nutshell, that's really all we care about, right? But for me now, it's it's coming to the point where it's like, well, man, they must be really far apart on a deal if Terry decided that it was his best course of action to skip out entirely on mandatory minicamp. And for Terry McLaurin, this could be argued this is the most important offseason of his young NFL career. This is the first time that he's going to get to lace up the cleats and play offense with a guy who, in my opinion, is a bona fide stud at the position. At least in comparison So what the hell else Washington has had for Terry McLaurin at the quarterback position? This is the first time for Terry that you're going to have a guy that's going to be able to physically get you the football down the field. I don't know how many times we saw it a season ago. Terry McLaurin winning on a route and the quarterback just unable to get him the football. So the fact that you're not there getting reps with this guy, building chemistry to ensure that you have the best season possible, it's alarming to me. And I think it says a lot about where the negotiations stand right now between these two sides. I've said it before. I'll continue to say it again. There comes a point 
where you're if, if you're the Washington Commanders, where look, we gotta make something shake here. We gotta get pen to paper. We gotta come to terms on something or else we gotta move on. We mentioned there was a pivotal offseason for Tommy Shepard and company. Huh. If it's just pivotal for Tommy Shepard and company, their lives depend on it. Here for the Washington Commanders, talking about Ron Rivera and company in this regime. Going into your third year with this football team, you can't afford to wait around and play and play contract tag with Terry McLaurin. You can't afford that. You need talent. And if Terry McLaurin's going to hold out a training camp, he's got to go. Bring in guys. Bring in a guy who's going to want to be here. And I'm not saying that Terry McLaurin doesn't want to be here. But clearly he doesn't want to be here for the current rate that he's being paid. And understandably so. Terry McLaurin has proven to be one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League early in his career. Putting up numbers without a guy at the quarterback position that is at least league average. He hadn't even had league average play at the quarterback position. And we've seen this young man instill fear in defenses. Make play after play after play. He does it the right way off the field. He is your ideal leader. But I'll say this, if you're Washington, all those things are fine. You love all those qualities about him, but the number one thing we love about Terry McLaurin is what the hell he does on the football field. And right now, the way these negotiations are currently going, we haven't gotten any new updates since the last one that said they were still pretty far apart. The way it looks right now, Terry McLaurin doesn't have any plans of touching the football field for the Washington Commanders. On the other side of this break, we'll talk to Craig Hoffman, the host of the Take Command podcast. On the other side of this break, we'll ask him about Terry McLaurin and a plethora of other things surrounding the Washington Commanders. Don't go anywhere. Ride with me. Leno Willingham here with you until 335 on The Fan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. We 
Welcome back. Linnell Willingham here with you on 106.7 The Fan. Beautiful, picture-perfect Saturday afternoon here in our nation's capital. And to join me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books, download the BetQL app today, is none other than the Team 980's own Craig Hoffman. Craig Hoffman, the new afternoon drive host over on our sister station. You can catch the Hoffman Show Weekdays 3 to 6, Monday through Friday, over there on the Team 980. You can also catch them on the Take Command podcast with the big fella, Logan Paulson. They give out the best Washington Commanders content out there on the web. And that's why we brought you on today, Hoffman, to talk Commanders. First of all, congratulations on the show. But what's up, my Thank friend? you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, had a heck of a day. Been running around, biking around, all the things. Just oh. sat down, ready to talk a little ball. And, uh, you know, then maybe mentally I'll start preparing for the show on Monday. Yes, 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 yes. So you're probably already sweating right now. I'll get you to sweat a little bit more here uh, with this <laughs> next question. Craig, if you can real quick and peel, peel back the lens here a little bit, get me up to speed on the week that was for, for, for Daniel Snyder and the Washington Commanders when it comes to this investigation involving the House Oversight Committee. Yeah, I mean, it's a great question because I feel like so much happened to try to parse it out is actually uh, a smart play before we dive into any particular part of it. So um, Snyder was or not subpoenaed. Uh, we'll get to that. He, he is going to be subpoenaed. But Snyder um, was invited to testify, as was Roger Goodell, a couple of weeks ago. Goodell accepted. Snyder declined, saying he had a business meeting in France uh, the night before the hearing in which Goodell did ultimately testify. Will Hobson of the Washington Post puts out a story detailing for the first time publicly the 2009 sexual assault accusation against Daniel Snyder. The morning of the committee hearing, which I believe was Wednesday, uh, the committee itself releases a ton of new information in a 25 or a 29 page memo that details essentially a shadow investigation that Daniel Snyder was running congruent to the committee's investigation and to the the Wilkinson report that tried to uncover who was talking to the Washington Post, as the Post has obviously been the one releasing a lot of the stories. New York Times mentioned in there as well. Um, Snyder had created essentially this dossier, this 100-page slide deck that was supposed to uh, be kind of a presentation to say, like, hey, look, all these people are out to get me, instead of just <laughs> what it really kind of does, is at least what we saw, it's like connect the dots of all the ways in which Dan Snyder uh, did bad stuff Um, because that dossier itself could get him in some legal trouble, depending on the timing of various things and how some of that information was acquired. Um, And so that was kind of the, the, to me, and then also, by the way, I should mention, they also released in full the transcripts from three depositions that detailed a lot of stories about Snyder, about the way he treated employees, about a lot of the stuff that he's obviously under investigation for. And then Goodell took the stand. He mostly defended what the NFL has done so far, says they've held Snyder accountable. Um, does, does, of course, acknowledge there's an ongoing investigation from another federal pro- or former federal prosecutor, Mary Jo White, into a new allegation of sexual assault that was revealed against Daniel Snyder in February by former cheerleader Tiffany Johnson. And uh, Goodell said some things that some people got mad at him about. Largely, he did the thing he had to do, you know, as advice by his lawyers and defend what they've done while saying, yeah, we don't defend that conduct. And uh, that's the, you know, 90-second version of the catch-up of this week with most of as much detail as I possibly could. Well, look, you did a great job, Hoffman. But but my, my question here now lies with this. 
if you're Roger Goodell in the National Football League, we shouldn't even be at this point right now, correct? Because if they would have just done the responsible thing from the get-go and actually did a thorough investigation of the commander's workplace misconduct and actually levied out some type of you know, actual severe punishment toward the organization, we wouldn't be here right now. And, and also, they could have just released the damn report. Well, yeah, I mean, the idea that they're not, and this is something that Goodell, and I, I think this is, you know, fair is a word that I, I, it feels like problematic in ways here, but is to be fair to Goodell, they interviewed about 150 people for the Wilkinson investigation. And according to Goodell, a large percentage of them don't want or did not want some kind of written report because they feared retribution. One, that's in itself a bad sign if they're yeah. fearing retribution and there should be some kind of protection that's given. Two, it doesn't really hold water um, because there has been many other investigations of many other organizations far outside of football and, oh, by the way, inside of football, the 2014 Miami Dolphins workplace investigation that resulted in a written report. Also, as a couple of the uh, members of the committee pointed out during questioning, the initial agreement that Wilkinson's uh, law firm signed with the NFL suggested there would be a written report. Now, what Goodell is saying is there are very vocal people, Melanie Coburn, Megan Imbert, a lot of the names that, that Commanders fans who are following this and, and sports fans who are following this have come to know that are very vocal in saying you should release the report. But what Goodell is saying is there is a larger silent minority that by nature of them not wanting to expose themselves are not talking and it is his job to protect them. I think that's garbage. I don't think that holds up at all. And to your larger point, had they, had they done more on the front end, Congress might not get involved. The thing is, I'm not sure that outside of releasing the report and ultimately holding a vote to kick Snyder out, even if it failed, I'm not sure that Congress would have been satisfied considering the, the scope of the allegations we're talking about here, um, which to me goes to one more thing, not to get too long-winded, but okay. like they had, they had a massive opportunity, Linnell, and I, I've yeah. mentioned this on the air before, but when, when the commanders decided to change the name, they could have changed ownership too and let someone else literally start over yep. and they failed. That was, that was the opportunity. It was sitting right there. The, the owner should have known what was good for them, that getting another owner in Washington would have been better for their bottom line, better for the league, better for everybody. And they whiffed and they, they didn't have the, the gumption to do it because they're too scared that they themselves could get kicked out one day, which probably also tells you something about the group of people that own NFL football teams. Look, Craig, every time I talk about this situation, I say, look, they're not going to really get into great detail about this because you're going to open up Pandora's box, and we know the other 31 owners in the National Football League do not want to do that. Joining me right now on the BetQL guest hotline, BetSmarter Beat the Books, download the BetQL app today, is the host of the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. He's also the co-host of the Take Command podcast, Logan Paulson. You can find that wherever you download your podcast and other things of that variety. Look, Craig, let's switch it over to the football field here now. More exciting things and things that aren't as weird. Um, from a football standpoint, we'll start with Chase Young, um, somebody that I have a lot of high hopes for, or had a lot of high hopes for uh, heading into 2022. We've now heard uh, the reports come out that say it's very likely that he starts off on PUP. I've even saw another report that has that said maybe you know they put him – on pup to start the regular season, which you know would then knock him out, I believe, 
for the first six weeks of the season. Uh, I say all that to ask you this. If Chase Young is not on the field when this football team starts to play game in September, who is going to help fill out and round out this pass rush from a production standpoint? Because there aren't a lot of household names behind him and Montez Sweat. No, there's not. And I think they could benefit from bringing in a veteran pass rusher, period. Right. Because there's not really a vet in that room that can teach Sweat and Young some of the tricks of the trade. They don't have anybody with institutional knowledge, and that hurts the room in large, uh, even if it was a guy that didn't play a lot. But, you know, if there was someone available that could both play and teach, that would be pretty ideal. <laughs> right. um, with, with the current room the way it is, I mean, James Smith-Williams had a pretty good year last year, and so did Casey Tuhill. Both those guys are, are solid football players. Are they impact players? No. But one of the things that really showed last year for them is they understand the scheme, and they will do their jobs. They're not going to do anything spectacular. They're not going to make a ton of plays. They'll get you a sack every couple of weeks um, because if you're an NFL caliber pass rusher, like that's what's going to happen if you're an edge player. But they just do the job. They stay in their rush lanes. They fill the gap they're supposed to fill against the run. And James is probably a little better first and second down player. Casey's probably a little bit better third down player. Um, but they, they both have some ability to do the other. And, and so I, I do think there's some younger guys that, that could pop during camp, depending on how their off seasons went, how all their, you know, their off season weightlifting and could, did they add a little bit of strength, size, quickness, whatever it may be. Obviously James and Casey also, um, coming off their rookie seasons uh, are guys that had that opportunity as well. So we'll know a lot more come training camp when these guys get a lot more reps than you do in the, what is it, the 12 practices of OTA right. minicamp. And you get that in the first two weeks of, of training camp, and then you have the second half of training camp. So we'll learn a lot more then. But I, I think in the meantime, James and, and Casey put a an acceptable floor underneath you. I, I do think that you obviously lose – the playmaking ability of chase and for a defense that is short on playmakers and, and not necessarily short on solid football players, your John Allen, your Deron Payne, you know, et cetera. I, I, that is a, a pretty significant loss. We'll, we'll flip things over to the offensive side of the ball now, Craig, and we'll, we'll peel back the curtain here a little bit. You and Logan Paulson used to host or still do host the uh, Washington commanders pregame show here on one Oh six, seven. And I remember you guys were doing a show one day and, you know, the laughable topic at the time came up of, well, what if Carson Wentz ended up with the Washington Commanders? Fast forward uh, to this past summer. Now Carson Wentz is the starting quarterback here in Washington. Obviously, we've heard great things about him uh, through, through the offseason period so far. What type of realistic expectations do you have for Carson Wentz? And is it going to be enough to get this team back in the postseason? I mean, I do think that he is very capable with the weapons here of having a 4,000-yard season, 25-plus touchdowns, 10 to 15 interceptions, and leading this team to the playoffs. The thing that I have questions with with Wentz is, like, how much better can he be than that? And is that good enough to take them to a Super Bowl? Or are they going to lock themselves into the best quarterback they've had in a while, which, like, in theory is good, right? Like, hey, it's better than anything we've had. Upgrading is good. But with the money and all these kinds of things, is that enough to – do you have, like, have a path forward to get better and ultimately win a Super Bowl, which should be the goal of your franchise? But as far as this season, like, I do think Wentz is capable. He's got speed guys on the outside to use that big arm of his. So hopefully he does push the ball down the field more than he did last year 
in Indianapolis where he was super efficient until the last couple of weeks of the season. Numbers were good, but his yards per attempt number actually wasn't that, you know, her air yards per attempt wasn't that different than Taylor Heineke. Uh, and Heineke didn't throw down the field at all because he couldn't. So you're hoping that, that this year that yards, air yards per attempt number goes up. Terry gets some shots. Jahan gets some shots. Curtis Samuel gets some shots, but you also will have a lot of the quick game stuff with Curtis, especially and McKissick out of the backfield, Gibson out of the backfield. So the, the weapons they have are, are fantastic. He should have a 4,000 yard season with the talent that he has. The, the questions for him is how much room for growth is there. And that also, by the way, to, you know, could depend on how much a guy like Jahan grows, how much a guy like Terry continues to grow, how much Gibson continues to grow. If those guys become superstars, then yeah, of course Carson can be elevated, but how much more room up is there from 4,000 yards, 28 touchdowns, 10 wins, and maybe one playoff win? That's, that's what I don't know. Whoa. But, hey, if they get there, that's farther than they've been in a long, long time, and I think fans are going to be pretty freaking happy. Well, Craig, I'll tell you this. I'm drooling in studio right now thinking of the prospect of seeing a Washington quarterback put up those type of numbers. Obviously, <laughs> this franchise has been starved from, from major production. Uh, at that position. I'll let you go on this. Uh, I talked about it before you hopped on here with me. I am probably, and you're, you're somebody who, who says I'm known for my outlandish takes. I don't <laughs> mean to be outlandish when I say this. Obviously, there is a situation right now brewing between Terry McLaurin and the commander's front office, and they're not very close on a deal right now. Yes, it is just June 25th uh, as we sit here just four weeks away from the start of training camp. I'll say this to you, Craig. If I'm the Washington Commanders, obviously you're 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 too far apart on a deal to where he was not even inclined to show up to the mandatory portion of your offseason program. How long do you let this thing drag out before you start to entertain the possibility of potentially moving on from Terry McLaurin? And I always preface this when I say this: Look, I want Terry McLaurin here, but I also want guys who are, are going to be all the way bought in and. and putting football above everything, including their contracts. We saw John Allen in heated contract negotiations a season ago with the club. He was out here. Why is Terry McLaurin not out here? And when is the point when do you, what point do you have to reach before you say, look, we got to try to move on from this guy? So I will entertain your premise. Um, <laughs> I don't know that I just that I agree with it, but as someone who will be a regular contributor to the Hoffman show, we can entertain your premise and, and dissect it on my turf uh, at some point this week on 980. So uh, we'll, we'll get together off air to schedule that. Here, uh, it, within the context of your premise, when would I look at potentially trading McLaren? Let's say two weeks in the training camp, he's held out and he's not there. And Jahan Dotson comes out and looks like rookie Terry McLaren, where you're going, oh my God, this guy's a number one wide receiver already. Right. Screw this. Like, he's our guy. At that point, if you get a God kind of offer for Terry, if you can get a first-round pick, if you can get multiple firsts, I mean, at this point, I would want multiple firsts because um, that's what they got. Like, basically, you need to get whatever the Eagles got for A.J. Brown. I don't remember the exact deal, but, like, you need to get that. They are very similar production. They are same NFL experience. Brown's a couple years younger. And just like the Eagles had to give Brown a new contract, the new team will have to give Terry a new contract. So if you get a couple of weeks into training camp and you believe Jahan Dotson can be your legitimate number one receiver and Terry is holding out and it does not feel like he's coming in anytime soon, then I would at least open the door an, 
a fraction of an inch. I would have to get blown away by an offer, and I still think he's not missing regular season games. That's how NFL holdouts work. Guys will not miss game sex. And so as long as I think Terry's coming this year, I'm trying to continue to, to have him here, have him play it out, and you know, I would consider franchising him next year the whole deal. Not that that's fun for anyone, but like that that he's that good that I I just I just find it hard to think that I'm going to get something in return that's better than Terry McLaurin. Uh, not to mention what it says about your organization that that guy who does everything right doesn't want to be here. So, like to, to briefly preview the premise argument, if Terry McLaurin doesn't want to be here that says more about me than it does about him. And I need to fix my own stuff. Um, and so that's, that's something to consider as well. I don't know that they're going to see it that way. Cause it's hard to, you know, it's hard for, you know, proverbial you to see yourself that way ever. Yeah. But that is something that I think all of us as observers should, should be considering. Astute point from a man, Craig Hoffman, great stuff. I mean, you can catch him Monday through Friday on the team, nine eighty three to 6 PM. You can catch me there sometimes too. Appreciate you joining me, Hoffman. Of course, for now. Talk to you soon, buddy. All righty. Craig Hoffman dropping bombs on us here on the BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. When we come back, your favorite segment with Linnell Willingham on the mic. It's steamy takes only. On the other side of this break, I'll tell you why the NFC East has the chance to be the best division in football heading into 2022. Don't go anywhere. Linnell Willingham here with you on the fan. What's going on, DMV? Linnell Willingham back with you here on The Fan. Spicy interview before we went to the break with my man Craig Hoffman. Like I mentioned, you can check his new show out over on the Team 980, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. You can catch me over there sometimes, too, as well. As as he mentioned, I'll hop on there with him pretty regularly there to, to shoot my stuff with him. I know I tease steamy takes only. Uh, before we went to the break, but not a lot of time for that right now. At the top of the hour, and we'll give you guys some an opportunity to, to to think about your answer and your steamy take as well. The top of the hour, when we come back from the break, it is for real this time. Steamy takes only. You can get out. We can get out. <laughs> oh man! Well, for those listening out there who just heard that, the fruit fly epidemic is back. Here at our 1015 Half Street Studios. And boy, oh boy, did one just get me right there. Holy cannoli. Um, That's a perfect way to go to break. When we come back on the other side of this break, steamy takes only. Get at me on Twitter at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P with the hashtag S-T-O. What division do you think in the National Football League will be the best Heading into 2022. Don't go anywhere. Ride with me. Leno Willingham with you here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.